I'm Scott Farber. This gentleman, of course, is my co-host, the star of the Extra Point TV show on this network, former New York Giant, although he looks like he could still play, <laughs> current president of the NFL Player Association, Dallas-Fort Worth, Memphis living legend, son of Charlene. That's true, and friend of... And my friend, and, and your mom, of course, when I say Charlene, <laughs> your biggest fan, that's of course. True, that's she true. likes me too, though. She does. You know, I, I like. You, know, you did such a great job with it, you know, yeah, so yeah, how yeah. could she not? <laughs> you know, he, of course, is Larry Mallory. All right, Larry, Andrew Luck. We got to go right there first. How, how do you not? Walks off the football field to the crowd, booing. What was that about? Why are they booing this guy? Uh, well, you know, this is the start of the 100th NFL season. He's a a herald quarterback. He's done a wonderful job as a leader in that environment. But uh, you And know, I happen to bring out his stats just in case, but yeah. go ahead. No, but that's a good thing. I mean, not many players have realized the impact that football can have on you for your lifetime. Right. Barry Sanders was one, if you remember. He, he left the game a little early. Right. And so I, I think that, um, I think Andrew has really brought a lot of attention to a lot of the issues that maybe a lot of former players are having but this just, it just doesn't come to play. So why are they booing the guy? Well, it's the season. I mean, those are fans that's booing the guy. They want to see him play. You know, he's still a, they don't know his, his right, health condition. Right. They know right. that he's been a great leader, a good quarter, a great quarterback. And, and honestly, I think Dak Prescott probably had one of the better analysis of Andrew Luck. He, I didn't like necessarily what Zeke said about him, but I loved what Dak Prescott said. What, what did Dak say? Dak was saying how uh, much of a leader he had been, how much of an example he had been to young quarterbacks coming into the league. Uh, he just had a very positive response to his decision to leave the game. Now, you know, I think $58 million or so he walked away from, even though he walks away with somewhere around $40 million. Right, right. But uh, at the end of the day, he'll also be able to use it and know that he has $40 million there and not be Well, he also was there. able to walk away. I, I, yeah. I mean, you know... First of all, he replaced a legend. He replaced Manning. Yeah. And then he just picked up right where Manning left off. Uh, I guess there was one year uh, that Manning left and before, uh, before Andrew came on. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe it was, you know, back to back. But he played, I guess, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six years. Um, he missed the whole season, 2017. From injuries, right? Right. 2012, 13, and 14, he played the entire season, uh, was on the, uh, uh, the all-star team those three years, played a, um, a half a season in 15, and 16, he came back uh, um, and played a whole season, missed 17, played all of 18, yeah. all-star time, all-star four times, had a, just a great career, but what I take away from him was See, like a Manning or a Brady, they seem to go down in pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy, you had to tear him down. He just fought so hard always for the extra yard to get the first down. You know, he literally willed the team to win, I thought. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, you know, he comes back, missed a whole year, came back, and immediately had probably his best year there in the playoffs again. And, you know, we've had a number of conversations regarding the importance of the person that makes the most money in a locker room. Right, right. And what you just explained was the fact that Andrew Luck received respect from right. every other player on that team. Not the fact that he was making the most money, but the fact that he was working as hard right. as guys that were not making as much. So I have 
so much respect right, right. for quarterbacks that lead, you know, the quarterbacks that, that show that kind of tenacity and leadership. For now, now, I know, you know, you always like to show the positive of everything. I'm still having trouble, though, with this guy is walking off the field getting booed. I mean, why wasn't he walking off the field to a rousing standing ovation? Well, the people that buy the tickets, they can do whatever they want to well, do. That, well, that's you right. know what I mean? That's right. And they still, want to still see him play. Don't get me wrong. No one really wanted oh, for him no, to no. go. Oh, no, no. I get it. So therefore, I just didn't get the booing, though. Well, well, you are a very special guy because you might be the <laughs> only person that can look in 200,000 people in the stadium's brain and understand yeah, yeah, why. Yeah. There's always going to be. This is America. Right. There's always someone that's going to be on both sides of the fence. Right, right, right. Um, I think that he, I mean, even though he was booed, I think the general, the general perspective of what he's made a decision to do right. is, is something that, honestly, is going to put a lot of pressure on the health resources and the new CBA that's coming up. Right, right. You know, we're having a collective bargaining agreement in 2020. So what does this do for other players? I mean, why is this such a big deal that he retired? I mean, here's a guy that is just, his body is beaten up. And this got so much attention that he's retiring at age 29. Did Jim Brown get this kind of attention? He retired at 29. Barry Sanders, arguably in the top two or three running backs of all time, retired. I, he was probably 29. I don't think he was 30 yet either. Yeah. You know, and he probably would have the rushing lead, you know, when if he stayed in the game and Emmett might have beat it, but <laughs> right. but he would have probably have beaten Peyton before Emmett did, you know, to get the uh, the rushing lead. And he walked away. Was it that much of a fervor when those guys walked away from the game? Uh, you can remember Jim Brown? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I can remember Jim Brown, but I wasn't in the stands, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, I don't think that I, I or any other NFL former player has the ability of saying why someone booed. They wanted to see him play, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, no, but I was wondering, what was the reaction though when those other guys stepped down? I don't remember anybody booing them. Well, I, I, I don't know I, if they had the opportunity exactly. to. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if, if, uh, if Jim played in a preseason game. I, I don't know their history. So were they booing I, the decision to retire then? I mean, I'm just shocked that I didn't see them going crazy when he walked off the field, you know, with right, adulation. Well, well, I, I mean, how do you think it made him feel to walk off the booze? I get it. You know, you know when you sit here and try to explain you lose, to me. So, I mean, he's already experienced booze before. Yeah. A, a professional athlete yeah. is not going to melt because, yeah. you, you know, because you booed them. Yeah. And there was probably someone in that stance that was clapping too. You know, the booze obviously outweighed the claps. Yeah. But from that perspective, I, don't, I, I think that there's always going to be some people that wants to see him. I mean understands why he's leaving, but there's always going to be some people who wants him to continue to stay. Okay. Even wants Jim Brown and, and, and Barry Sanders to stay, but they made the decision based upon health resources, and that's a very yeah. important element for former players. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's uh, amazing, honestly, that uh, he would, that the timing of it was interesting. When he'd made this decision, he's had a long time to make the decision, and and that might have stimulated that might have stimulated some of the booze because it's time to play now. Everybody's right, been right. waiting for football right, season, right, you know. Right. And now that it's time to play and everybody's waiting, oops. Yeah. yeah. The, the number one Well, you know, there. like I say, I understand. I, yeah. I, I do get it. But I'm just surprised to have seen it happen. Yeah. You, you know, because I, I would have thought 
that they would have sent him off as the conquering hero. But yes, they are very disappointed because there were really high expectations yeah. this year yeah. for Indianapolis. So, you know, you know, I, I get it. But football fans, that's a tough crowd, man. It is. It is, you man. Know? And, uh, you know, I can tell there's some stories about you, even when you're walking in the stadiums, the things that you hear, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah. in the old oh, days. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, did you ever take your helmet off when you walked off no, the stadium? Never. <laughs> Always keep your helmet on. Yeah. Cause you know, especially if you're in Philadelphia. Because yeah. oh, you don't man. know what's coming out of the stands. I didn't, I didn't say that to the Philly fans. <laughs> they would have cheered somebody walking off. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> okay. Let me switch gears with you just for a minute. Okay. Have you said enough about Andrew Luck or did you have more to say? Uh, no, I, I just really what I... Um, I, I Ezekiel said something yesterday. You know, yesterday was the Cowboys kickoff lunch. Right, okay. And we introduced a new Cowboy team to the city of Dallas. And I was sitting at a table, one of the tables, and, and uh, I hadn't heard Ezekiel Elliott's response to Andrew Luck. I'd only heard Dak Prescott's response. Right. And um, it seemed as though Ezekiel Elliott's response was something relating to uh, Andrew Luck not holding up for his team in some way. And you should have seen the response uh, to that because yeah. a lot of people at that table, I mean, everybody was Cowboy fans, obviously. Right. But a lot of them liked Andrew Luck and, and was not necessarily supportive of the way that Ezekiel handled his retirement. So that was the most interesting, last point about Andrew Luck, but that was the most interesting thing I, I saw yesterday. I was... I just enjoyed hearing the back and forth on their perspective right, right. on him leaving. Or I, I think when this is all said and done, Andrew Luck is going to be revered in that town. I think he so probably too. is already. Yeah, I might mean, run for mayor. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I am sure he is because you know, you know, he was extremely popular around the country. Yeah, I mean, just when you watch this guy play, you know, because uh, uh, his will to win was amazing. That's right. You know, uh, um, uh, so, you know, the league is going to miss him. So let me ask you one question then. He's only 29. He's been banged up. So he's going to sit back and be home a year or so. Is he coming back? Um, I doubt it. But he uh, certainly no, could. Well, from my perspective, when you start, when the game is evolving. Uh, when you're picking up guys like Patrick Mahomes and right, move right. around a lot. Right. You just got Kyler Murray coming in who's obviously going to be right. a very mobile quarterback. Uh, I don't see guys going back into that sport, especially if you walk away with $40 million. Yeah, and um, injured. And injured. Uh, I think that the sport is, is uh, sort of aligning to the people that like the sport. Right, right. People like scores. I mean, right. in our day, it was about defense. Right, right. It's about defense anymore. They right. want to see you get in the end zone yeah, and go yeah. crazy, you know. <laughs> so I think that... <laughs> I think that uh, I don't think that luck will return in any right, way because right. I think the whole game is evolving and changing. Right. Okay. Almost okay. like a social media game now. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I'm sitting and pondering and thinking, you know, he'll probably come back. But, you know, what you said makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It would be very hard to come back yeah. to pro football. Not only is the game changing, he might realize that he's feeling good and maybe that's a good thing. That's even better. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that, exactly that, that's right. a good thing. All right, I'm going to really switch gears, and, and you'll see why, because I am going to relate it somewhat to football. Brooks Kepa, Kepka. Okay, player of the year last year in golf. I think he's won only seven tournaments in his career, but four of them are majors. True. 
so he knows what he should be playing for because it's all about the majors, you know, for these guys. He had a huge year, uh, and he had a lead in the final round of the uh, uh, of the FedEx Cup, um, and he blew that lead to Rory uh, at the Tour Championship. Okay, so by winning that event, Rory got fifteen million dollars. Yeah. In addition to his seven point eight million in winnings already this right. year right. on the. Uh, PGA Tour. Who knows what he's done in the European Tour this year. I'm sure he's pocketed a few bucks there, too. Had a good year, huh? <laughs> so Kepka won $9.7 million this year. I think he led in winnings and only a mere additional $3.5 million. So a couple of things. Shouldn't more kids be playing golf now than other yes. sports? <laughs> Without a doubt, yes. I mean, I, I, I mean you know, they're still golfing competitively in their 50s. Yeah. There's no other sport that you go that long and remain competitive. And on the 50-plus uh, tour, they're making some bucks too. Especially the one over here. Right. That's right. The right. U.S. Right. Senior Tour. Yeah. Okay. But now let me ask you about being a professional athlete. So we were calling him the player of the year last year. He won it, Kepka. And now this year, it was a shoo-in when he just closes out this tournament because he wins every big event and he's making this money and he's a shoo-in for the player of the year. Yeah. He failed to win now. What's going on in his head? Is he going to be taking a downturn or is this like no big deal? I mean, you know, off camera, you were telling me it's kind of no big deal. Yeah. But I want you to say that on camera now because <laughs> to me, it's a big deal. Well, you know, uh, we talked about golf, and, and it seemed as though now linebackers, you, you have linebackers and, and basketball forwards playing golf, you know, like Bruce Kepka and John Rahm. Right, right, right. These big guys. Right, know. right. I actually had uh, uh, had a chance to play the WGC in Memphis last week, which mm -hmm. was what the tournament before the FedEx uh, right. Cup was played. Uh, I believe that... Uh, Professional athletes in golf, there's no hitting, there's no head trauma, right. you know, there's none of that stuff. Um, I think that golf is probably one of the best places to path youth. Right. Now, one of the, when Tiger Woods entered this game, if you remember when we were young, guys used to, to walk 18 holes uh, for four days and smoke cigarettes. Drink a beer, smoke cigarettes, that's right. and have a gut that wouldn't quit. That's right. That's right. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're in the health regime. They're well, getting... Tiger changed the whole dynamics of the game. He did. And between Tiger and the equipment, you know, they've, right. they've even now had to change the golf courses. Yeah. Because the equipment just takes you so far. So I think that, that, that um, being a professional athlete in golf, when you get in the top 25 players, sometimes they even pay you to come to play. Yeah, yeah. You Not sometimes, I mean? a lot of times. A lot of times, yeah, that's yeah. true. So it's a different kind of uh, sport, but it's grueling. You know, walking 18 holes for four days in a row, no matter what the weather is, it's not it's an lot, easy thing to do. It's a lot of miles. Well, you know, we have talked about that this before, but that's why a guy like Jack uh, uh, Mickelson, he's still competitive nearing 50 for the first couple of rounds. Yeah. 
But by Saturday and Sunday, it's you wearing know, on him, isn't it? Well, that five miles a day or whatever yeah. it is up and down a hill. I mean, in golf, they're not even allowed to sit down unless there's a delay. That's right. So, I mean, can you imagine that? So it was, well, I think that it was pretty timely for, you know, health to be introduced and working out and weightlifting right, right. and all that stuff. Right, to and be cardio and all that. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, even if you remember Jack Nicholas, the Golden Bear, you know, when we were kids, he was portly. Yeah. But Jack was smart enough. He slimmed down he did, as he yeah. got older. That's right. You, you That's know, right. Uh, so, you know, we talk about Tiger and all the health. Uh, look at the it's film of Jack. Point. You'll notice he transitioned himself quietly. They didn't even talk about it back then. That's right. But uh, uh, he was smart enough to... Uh, to do it back then too, because as he got older, he had to get rid of that weight. That's 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 true. And I I look at some of the guys that we're talking about now that's in the senior tour, and they've even lost weight. Oh yeah, you know it's, yeah. you don't really see and the you know big guys you know how we forget names, but oh Tom Lehman, <laughs> yeah, he Tom said Lehman. when he saw Tiger Woods playing on tour when he was aging and playing too, he goes, I did what he did, and Tom Lehman lost an enormous amount of weight. And looks great to, to this day and does very well on the senior tour. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, there was, there was a lot about that. But, you know, a, a comment I have, too, and, and I think you actually gave me this idea. Mm -hmm. um, that same situation between Kepka and McElroy a couple of years ago or last year. Well, was I was going to bring that up. Oh, okay, yeah. Rory talked about walking down last year That's right. with Tiger. Rory and Tiger were playing to win that tournament. You know, neither one won the FedEx Cup, Justin Rose did, but they were in the final round to win the tournament. Yeah. And it's Rory against Tiger, and that's a big buildup. You know, and so Rory wanted the show, and Tiger hasn't won in years, and Tiger won that event. That's right. That was his first win in I don't know how many years. And Rory talked about how poorly he felt for himself, and he said, then it just got to be the point where I'm running for my life to not be trampled by the crowd trying to get around Tiger. Yeah. If we remember, it looked like an olden day golf tournament where they all charged him yeah. and circled him, and then the roaring when he sunk the pot and won and all the adulation, that's sat in Rory's head, and you were telling me how good that was for him. Exactly. In fact, the that experience, I think, set him up to win for this experience. Because Kepka is an intimidating guy. Oh, gosh. Rory McIlroy is not a big guy. No. So, number one, the first part that he had to control was this. Right, right. And that's what he did, because he didn't control it against Tiger, you know, the, the year before now, I think that he Well, did learned... he not control it, or was Tiger just, it was Tiger's moment? Well, uh, well, who won? Well, Tiger won. There we go. And yeah. golf, it's about, it's about this. Right. And so I believe, my perspective is, that McElroy learned from how Tiger handled the last couple of holes, or, you know, that last, right. last week. And I think that that's what gave him the ability of, to withstand the 300 average yard drives that Kepka does. Right. I mean, every time, imagine this, every time you play a hole with this guy, you're always behind him. Right, right. All you hear is psh, psh. <laughs> right. so, so to me, that, that's something that you have to be able to handle as a professional. Right, athlete. right. If you let that get in your head, that distance and all of that, man, yeah. 
I think it's over. And I think yeah. the experience that he had with seeing Tiger, one of the greatest golfers ever, right? He, he used that experience to win this year, and that's what I liked about it. Well, you know, and, okay, so let's talk about Kepka now because yeah. this guy was the rising star and the star of the game now. Is this a setback, or is he going to use this to go on? No, I think he, he's going to use it to go on. You know, his bank account, I don't know if he's married or not, but if he is. He's <laughs> not. Okay, he's then, got a girlfriend. He but. has a girlfriend. But that bank account, you know, is a very important thing in American life, to have a bank account that's... Uh, yeah, but he lost, what, uh, $11.5 million by uh, falling out. Well, you know, what can we say? It, who can lose $11.5 million and still smile? He can. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Yeah, well, because he also won almost $10 million. On right. the tour already anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So I just, you know, I believe that, that he's young. I think he's the next generation of golf. Right. Um, you know, guys like Rom are using, they're really changing the game uh, uh, even to the next level. Yeah. You got guys now that the from the putter to the driver, it's yeah. all the same length of club. Yeah. That's what Rom does. Well, Bryson. Uh, uh, DeChambeau. Yeah. Sits there and does physics. Had a protractor with him on the course. Think, yeah. I think they made him stop using it. But, <laughs> but I remember watching him take out a protractor to make a putt, and he's sitting and figuring out, and I'm going, I don't even get it. Yeah. But, you know. And, and you know, they say the difference in a successful professional and a successful amateur is consistency. Right, right. And that's what Bruce Kepka has. He's been very consistent. If he can, you know, if he goes to some courses, when you got a 300-yard drive and stuff like that, some courses are set up to where the fairways are, you know, hard to hit. Right. And that was the case in the FedEx Cup. When, when you, whenever you were not on that fairway, when you were in the rough, the ball just dropped down to the bottom. Right. And they had to dig it out. Right, it was right. just so hard to get it in. Well, well, you were telling me that you played in Memphis at, uh, it's TPC South. WGC, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Uh, and it was a WGC tournament. Uh-huh. And you were saying that they hadn't really got the course back. So when you were in the rough, which I'm sure it was quite often. No, no, I was just playing around. <laughs> uh, uh, now the uh, um, winner of that tournament, I think, was 16 under this year. Yeah. So you played one round, so you were at four under, I'm taking it. Uh, no, I uh, played one round, and I, I, every time I was in the rough, I almost threw my right shoulder off. It yeah, just yeah. showed me how powerful really yeah yeah the swing speed is of professional golfers you know and when, you, and when you watch it on tv you can't tell you can't it, it, i go look at how easy they're swinging and then they go the you know he swung the club 110 miles an hour <laughs> that's right yeah, and i'm going right. when i try to swing a club 110 miles an hour you're winding up that's true y- y- you know but we need to get out and play a little more you know? well well you play all the time <laughs> i played once a couple of years ago i walk out on the course at night occasionally with jordan with one club on a short hole oh, okay. and um as soon as i get it near the hole then i'll uh then i'll call it a day i, w- I will have achieved my goal but yeah i'm gonna get back out there one day just uh, it's just embarrassing now though all right um oh but tell me what did you shoot that day. Oh, at the WGC? Yeah, yeah. I shot 84. And what's what's par? Par 72. Okay, so you were 12 over. Yeah. And so the winner would average four under. So it's it's like one shot a hole difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not picking on you. I think an 84 is great. Yeah. I'm just showing how good they are. That's true. Because they're in their 70s and sometimes 60s. You know. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is, yeah. you know, amazing. And one thing I noticed with the older guys, I went once went to one of the uh, um, senior tournaments. Senior this tournament. was years ago. 
and I was just sitting uh, at the 10th hole uh, with a buddy of mine, and we were watching the players coming in. And I, I had an observation just sitting there th through three, four, five, you know, groups coming through. Every one of them were still getting to the green in two, maybe three, but right up there. None of them could putt. Really? I mean, I'm going, okay, when you're 55, maybe the sight, the, the eyes are going a little bit. You might not hit it as far, but they're so darn accurate that they're still going to get up there in two, yeah. even if they're 20 yards shorter on the drive. Sure. But the putting, they're two inches off, you don't make the putt. Yeah. I didn't see any putts going. I'll never, I never forgot that. This was years ago, yeah. but I never forgot that. None of the putts for the older guys were falling in. you know. And Tom Watson that time had an eight-foot putt to win the British Open. And missed. And missed when he was, what, 69? Yeah. You know, I say eight feet, maybe it was a little bit further. But we all wanted that putt to go in and... And then he went into the playoffs, and we knew that wasn't going to work because uh, they had to play three holes or something, and you know you couldn't just keep going. You know, there's five letters in the alphabet that um, that I think amateur golfers should be aware of. One is G I R, that means greens and regulation. Right, right. And one is F W, which is fairways, because in the professional world, you know, I caddied on a tour in, in, in Europe, and right. one of the things that the pros look at is greens and regulations and fairways hit. Right. Because if, if you hit the fairway, then you know you have a clean shot into the green. Right. And then if you hit the green, you know you have a chance for birdie. Right. So I always, even when we're training kids, you know, uh, now, we, we want them to just like the game and hit the ball. But when you get to a certain level of golf, I think that those five letters become the most important element of the game. Greens and regulations and fairways. I found that when I keep my score in that regard, greens and regulations and fairways, I'm always in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. But when I just go out and, you know, hit it and yeah, go get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? yeah. That's yeah. when... Uh, this sounds like a plug for me to, for you to be able to say you golf in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a plug to try to get you out to come and play with me more. Oh. Because you, <laughs> so that yeah. we can we uh, can come up with a good golf team. You just have to be patient if I go out there. <laughs> All right. You know, I could sit there with the best of them and tell stories. Yeah, yeah. And, and good stories. Good stories. <laughs> great stories. And then you're going to say, okay, show me something. That's no. Right. <laughs> okay, man. 100th season of the NFL. What season uh, number of the NFL were you playing in? This I was is 100. from 70. I was uh, from 75 to 80. 75. So, so, you know, if this is the 100th season, so 1919 was when it started, or 1920? <laughs> uh, 1919. 1919. Yeah. Okay, 1919. So you were 75. Not your age, but that's when you played, 75? Uh, 72, 75. Uh -huh. Okay, so uh, that's 56 years. So you were at season number 56. That's kind of halfway there, huh? Yeah, you, were, you, you, you got so them over there. the top. <laughs> right. Okay, Larry's here. We can keep going another 50 years. <laughs> How much has the game changed, do you think, in those, oh. 50, in those 100 years? Um, th this is a, I have a, a document called FAIR. Right. Um, and FAIR is... Fairness for retired athletes. Right. I mean, for what is it? Fairness for athletes in retirement. Right. That's come. And um, John Mackey's wife, John Mackey was the first president of the National Football League Players Association. Right. His salary, starting salary, was $15,000 a year 
and he got, I think the most he made was $35,000. His pension was somewhere around $43,000 a year. A baseball player's pension for one game is $200,000 a year. Wait a minute. Say so, that again. Uh, a, a baseball, baseball player's MLB, best, you play, you, you're on the major league roster. Do you have to play in the game or you just have to be on the roster? You have to play, no, you have to play, in, the, you okay. have to play in the game and on the roster to be vested. And there's only one game that you require. One game and it's 200000 a year? 200000 a year in their retirement benefit. So the game has changed. You know, we always talk about pre-1993, right? and that's what this is more about, right. and post-1993. And uh, pre-1993, players never experienced the type of you know revenue generation right. that they're experiencing. How, how many years did Mackey play? Uh, I mean, he played a lot, had to play did. a lot of years. Uh, he was the first uh, president of the league, and I think he played nine years. He played nine, nine years. Nine years? Uh-huh. And his... His first contract was seventeen thousand five, and after nine years, his increase in salary was only another seventeen thousand. So his pension pays him more yearly now than, than he, he made. Than he made. You know. He made thirty five thousand dollars as the top salary, and right now, and his wife's pension came in at forty three thousand five sixty a year. But but I don't understand. I mean, I got to look into this now. So baseball players, what if you play ten years in in the major leagues? You get a really good. You, uh, no ten. I think in the Major League Baseball, there's a, 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 what they call it, area. So if you play from 1 to 12, let's say, you get 200000 You play from 12, this that type of, I think it's that type of. That's an awful lot of money. Well, it says here that, to put this issue in perspective, a 10-year, oh, here it is, a 10-year Major League Baseball veteran okay. who retired after 1990 will receive a pension of approximately $200,000 per year at 62. So it was 10 years starting off at 200000 So I always laughed at my daughter who got mad when I stopped playing ball, telling me how we'd live in a mansion <laughs> if I played in the major leagues. And I always laughed because in the 70s, the salaries were, you know, like not that. mansion salaries. That's right. But that's a pretty good pension. Look at an NBA player, says an NBA veteran who retired after 1965 will receive a pension of approximately 215000 per year at age 62. NFL players get $43,000 if you played before. Do golfers get pensions for being on the Pro Tour? I'm not sure on that. I think, though, I've heard that because of the amount of money that they make, that they are responsible for their own uh, pension. I'm not sure if they're Yeah, well, union. Mike, Mike Trout, should be, you know, he should be able to take care of himself on a $400 million I contract. He I think he should. And he's going to get 200000 a year because yeah. he's already in his seventh season. He'll make it past whatever number you... Without I, a doubt. I just can't believe the money you just threw out at me like that. And trust me, every former retired NFL player that played before 1993 can't believe it either. I mean, well, I, you know, I really see, you know, you're, you know well... I see your aggravation all the time, you know, as we talk about it <laughs> all the true. time. And, and uh, I don't get it. Why? Because before 93, we don't care about you. And that was, a, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't want to say on camera what you've said. You, you know. Well, um, I just think it was uh, different labor conditions. It's a, it's a management labor thing, you know, and I guess the evolution of the game and the stadiums and the, Social media and all of this, you know, it's just up the revenue for the yeah, owners. Yeah, but and the owners. Have, yeah, but 
don't, I, I don't get it. I, I, I understand where you're aggravated. I, I feel your pain. Yeah. You, you know, um, um, yeah. And football is a tough sport. So, you know, we're going to recommend people uh, play a little golf, too. That would be a see, great because, See, you're playing golf. That's right. That should have played a lot earlier. Than yeah, that. yeah. You're not playing football. But, you know, football has been. For former players, you know, I represent the former players. Uh, We don't, we don't, we're in and out of a lot of schools and charities and we're touching a lot of young people. And we're not promoting the the football in that regard. Our opportunity is to promote the character building aspects that football gives you, the the goal achieving aspects of it. There are some, uh, I think, some endemic um, things that you get from being in the game, uh, but you know we support, we don't support um, tackle before 14. Right, right. Flag before 14 is, is on one of those right. boards. But I think it, it gives young people, um, you know, goal setting and those type of things, and that's what we're trying to do as a formal player chapter. Right. We want to uh, have a positive image for kids, and we appreciate, so appreciate, what Generations Broadcast Center is doing in terms of highlighting the positive contributions. There's so many guys out here doing things that never gets noticed. Right, right. And that's what you're doing, and that's why right. we appreciate what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, no, no, thank you. And, the, you know, well, and it, and it goes right back at you because you're the leader of that. Yeah. You know, I saw something earlier today, too, that really makes you sit and think, and it was, uh, it was just like a long story online today about what happens when when a parent gives their son a baseball. It could be a hockey stick, it could be a golf club, it could be a football. Uh-huh. You know, that little five-year-old kid and that baseball turns into I have to have a glove and a bat and you no longer get to sleep in on Sundays because we're going to the ballpark and you're gonna toss to me. Now I gotta join a team. And it just showed the progression of how it affects positively yeah. everybody and the, the kid, the maturity and the, the team aspect. You know, it's kind of a, a neat little thing. You know, it's one of those things that makes you reflect on that and all. And you lived it. You lived it as a coach in baseball. You've seen yeah, the yeah, impact yeah, that sports yeah, can yeah. have on the character of a young I've also person. seen the parents <laughs> go the wrong way on their kids. <laughs> That's true. Oh, my gosh. Well, I literally one time, we're playing, the kids are in high school already, uh-huh. and, and I just couldn't believe I was witnessing that this, the shortstop and the coach on the other team were in a fist fight. And somebody says, don't worry about it. That's the father and son. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I just wonder, oh, boy. Yeah, that's Keep it in that dugout. Yeah, that's you right. Know, that's I right. mean, it's just, uh, it, it, you know, that, that, was, that was a tough one. All right, so it's the 100th season of the NFL. We're opening with the Bears and Packers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's going to be in Chicago. You going? Well, I looked at tickets, and you could sit in Lake Michigan for a thousand bucks a ticket. So I figured, you know, my son looked at me and goes, "Dad, the big screen TV will be fine." I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, the next week game it was down to normal prices, you know, like eighty bucks a ticket, you know, for the for the cheap seats, you know. Well, I'll just call your friend Dicka. You know, you just go in with Mike Dicka. Yeah, yeah. Everything will be happy. You, yeah. Mike, and Wayne yeah. Bryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> Mike will say, "I'll meet you at the restaurant. We can watch it from here." <laughs> and then he'll say, "And I'll see you after the game." That's it. Yeah. That's it. Something tells me because if Dicka wants to go, he'll. I heard that uh, Cutler's going to be at that game. Oh really? Yeah. Are they going to boom or cheer them? <laughs> <laughs> That's Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, you know what? 
I have to backtrack because Chicago also was a rough place to play. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah oh yeah. You all yeah. were some pretty aggressive fans. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so. yeah. Well, of course, when you played against the Bears in the seventies, the Bears weren't much. Well, um, between had, the Bears and the Giants, did you guys win eight games combined ever? Probably not. <laughs> but one of the things I remember so much about the Bears in the old days was the old days was the Bears. When you're on the visitor side, it might be on both the visitor side and the home side, but your stairs went down in the ground right. in that stadium. We had, right, right. you know, usually you're sitting up, and, right. but it was a funny built that's stadium. A, that's an imitation factor. Put you down low. Low. Oh, okay. You know, bears were probably sitting on a <laughs> so, pedestal that's right. up high. That's so right. You're really, that's right. Yeah. It was an interesting uh, stadium and a very aggressive fans. Yeah. But yeah. very loyal fans. Too. Oh, my gosh. You very know, Chicago, well, look, at I've been out of Chicago 100 years already. And I've got all my kids know that they're Cub fan, Bear fans, Bulls. That's true. You know, Blackhawks. And, a, and I'll even let them root for the White Sox. You so will. <laughs> you, you, know, uh, um, you know, sometimes you got to just... Take one for the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we'll, we'll let them do that. So, all right, man. So who's going to win that Bear-Packer game? Um, I will, I'll probably go with the Bears. And the reason I God go with the Bears. God bless you. I, well, I know you like the young quarterback there. You yeah, know, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't start off by yeah, talking yeah. about him. No, actually. no, I figured I'm going to hold my tongue. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I, I, I think that um, I think there's some issues with the Packers right now. I, I, I've yeah, not read yeah. about it, but... You know, with the quarterback and the team, and the, I, I, I'm, I haven't seen them during the preseason. Yeah, well, the preseasons are just so hard to watch now. Yeah, they are. You know, the Bears didn't play one starter in the preseason. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, none of the games. Maybe one or two guys played for a minute, but, uh, you know, and a lot of teams are going that route. You know, uh, didn't the player on Detroit and Green Bay, didn't they, aren't they gone for the season now because of preseason? True. That's true. Um, it's so hard for me to understand why we have preseason, because because of the of the uh, the brutality of the sport. And that's what's happening. They're actually trying. There's discussions about cutting out preseason games. Yeah, well, it should, but you know, it's about the revenue. It As is. you always say, capitalistic society. Yeah. You know, it's those tele that television money, the television is paying. And they say that we got to televise these games so we could sell ads to pay for what we're paying you guys. And, and but boy, it's getting harder for teams to put their guys on the field in the it, preseason. It is because if you get, just like you said, if you get injured and you're paying him all this money, see in our day, if you get injured, okay, next one up. You know, right, we always right. say you got football players yeah. like Greyhound buses. When one leaves, another one's coming. Right, right, right. Well, if I'm paying you this much money though, I'm not gonna get you hurt. Yeah, because you got to play in the games that matter. That's right. You know, That's so. Right. All right, man, what else do you have for us today? Uh. No, I think you've hit on everything. Uh, we, we didn't talk about the Giants, by the way, which is the first oh, game of the Cowboys. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about that game, and then we'll get out of here, and we'll wait for these games. Well, it, it's uh, I'm, I'm concerned. Who's the quarterback of the Giants? Eli's still there. You know, we, we uh, drafted Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's having a pretty good uh, preseason. Preseason, he yeah. is, isn't he? But my concern is we're not planning for the future to me. Uh, well, we, not if you're playing Eli. Right. We, when we sent Odell Beckham to Cleveland, to me, we got a lot, a lot of quality defensive players right. back. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm only concerned, I'm con my only concern is on the offensive side of the ball when you have a running back like Saquon Barkley right. that is impactful, that can turn the game around. You want to make sure that offensive line is right. I think the Cowboys have done a good job on their offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, making sure you got a running game that can keep the defense kind of on their heels and not be able to be predicted. Now, is Elliott still on the Cowboys? Yeah, well, yeah. Is he going to be playing in game one? Well, uh, I'm going to quote the owner. Uh, the owner said yesterday at the meet, at the uh, event that we attended that uh, everybody in the room is a Cowboy fan and is, is everybody's in the room except for one and he'll be in the room pretty soon. So <laughs> he meant Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that, that that's going to turn around. I, I like the Cowboys' look. I mean, if you watch them, they scored well. I like their defense. Yeah. I like the Giants' defense. But it's, it's, I don't know what we're going to do from the Giants from an offensive perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. So who are you picking in that game, Mr. New York Giant, who's a Cowboy fan? I'm unfortunately picking the Cowboys. And honestly, we wanted to, we have a, a chapter meeting. We we're having a president's meeting in Washington, D.C. on the 8th, 9th, and 10th. So I won't be able to go to the game. <laughs> but I'm, I, I think the Cowboys are, I think the Cowboys are running, really somewhat at the top of the NFC East this year. And you know, that's hard for me to say. Well, we're, we're <laughs> going we're gonna, to we're gonna go to a, a Bear game this year so we could do uh, uh, your show, The Extra Point from Ditka's Restaurant. We look forward to it. You know, wouldn't that be something? It really would be. All right, man. Good to All see right, you. we'll see you next time. All right, brother. Go Bears. Go Bears. <laughs>